everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Serena Weber. Serena was part of our second annual Loving Healing Creating Summit we ran in February and shared with us blue healing Reiki watercolor and alcohol ink water scene. And you can still get access to the summit at www.creativeviewhealing.com. So Serena is an alcohol ink and mixed media artist and teacher. Originally from Montreal, she currently calls Edmonton, Alberta home, same place as me. In addition to teaching in-person workshops, she also teaches e-courses and regularly presents at online conferences. In 2018, she launched the popular YouTube channel, Alcohol Inks A to Z. Serena is also a registered nurse who has worked as a CPR and first aid instructor. For several years, she has taught thousands of students from all walks of life. Her experience as an adult educator has given her the ability to share her love of art with others by inspiring them and nurturing their love of art. Serena is currently a contributor for the Alcohol Inc. Art Society, which I didn't even know there was a thing. I'm excited to learn more about that. She is known for her water-inspired work and for her love of blue. So welcome, Serena. Thank you so much. Thank you for putting up with me today. (laughs) (laughs) I seem to have some tongue problems. but So can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Absolutely. Uh, Well, I've had a deep love of art and a deep love of the color blue since I was very young. And for many years, it was it was becoming an artist was something that I really wanted to do. But as I got older, um, unfortunately, I I heard the message from so many people that, you know, starving artists and it was going to be hard to make a living through art. And so it was a passion that I really kind of had to put on the back burner. And I, so I pursued nursing school because it was the responsible path and I really wanted to help people. But when I went to an art show in 2013, it, it really rekindled something when I went to that White Avenue art walk because seeing all those people putting their heart and soul on display, it just resonated with me. And I knew this is something that I need to be doing. And I don't need to make a living off of it, but it's something that I at least want to do as a passionate hobby. So I spent the next year working hard towards um, creating a bunch of pieces for a show and I entered my first show in 2014 and I was hooked. Wow yeah and it's so funny that you know we have art typically when we're younger we know we're creative we we Mm -hmm. love that but we take this long break because you know of that uh, yeah the starving artist or you know you know, you can't make money doing being creative or being an artist or whatever, you know, it's not, you know, the most economical way to live your life, financially responsible way to live your life. And then we lose our passion, right? Because we don't have that passion anymore for it. So, or not, 
we'd probably do still have the passion for the creativity, but we lose our personal passion because we've lost our creativity. So to find it again, I'm sure was huge for you. It was, I find that life, we say that life gets in the way, but our life is supposed to be about our passions and we don't have mm -hmm. to pursue it full time. We can do it as a hobby and still find fulfillment in that. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be your business, but if it is great too, but mm -hmm. yeah, but having that creativity in your life is so important. So important. So then what does healing with creativity mean to you? To me, healing with creativity means digging really deep, pulling up emotions, feelings, traumas, experiences that we haven't really had a chance to fully process and deal with using a medium that we're passionate about to channel those feelings, explore them, work through them, and come to a place of acceptance so that we're not carrying it around with us every single day. Yeah. And I think that's, that's exactly it because, you know, we, we don't even realize sometimes what we're carrying around with us, you know, grief or trauma or hurts, whatever it is that we need to, to heal from. And, and so when we can start to explore that with our creativity, it's huge. Mm -hmm. So then what inspires you in the work that you do? I find two major inspirations for my kind of work. And the number one inspiration is water. I've always found water, the ocean, the sea, lakes, any bodies of water very healing. And there's something about the color blue that I think is very profound. I use it in my Reiki healing work. I, I use it in my art classes extensively. There's something about it that takes people from a place where they're angry, hurt, sad, and it just draws them into a much gentler headspace where they can sort through their emotions a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So that's the first inspiration. And the other one is grief. Um, as, as a nurse and as somebody who's experienced a, a fair bit of grief. I've had a number of friends and, and family die very early and very suddenly. I've, I've come face to face with death quite a bit. And I find that as a society, we don't accept it. We don't discuss it. It doesn't have a place out in the open, despite being something that almost everyone has dealt with and everyone will deal with at some point. So mm -hmm. I like being able to combine those two mediums into something beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, just before we started, started, uh, we were talking about grief and, you know, how people handle it and, and different things that, and I think if you can be open to, to exploring your grief, which can be so hard to do, because you're grieving and everything hurts, like literally everything hurts. Um, so exploring it does not always seem like a great option. But if you can, oh, my God, it can be so freeing and so healing to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so then what are your thoughts on monetizing healing and or creative works? Because a lot of people really struggle with that. I don't think there's any anything wrong with it any more than a psychologist or psychiatrist monetizing helping people any more than me monetizing, you know, caring for somebody in the hospital as a nurse. I think that there's a huge need for people that are healers in various modalities. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with people, 
you know, help trying to make a living off of that because, you know, we all want to help people. We all want to do it without having a charge, but the reality is we still have bills. We Mm -hmm. still need to, you know, we still need to make a living ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I've found as I've talked to people about this repeatedly, this is one of the questions I asked this year. um, As I talk to people about it, the people who've been doing it for a little while recognize that, but I think as you're coming into uh, work as a healer or putting your art out there, your creativity out there, you really shy away from it. You really don't want to, you don't think it's valuable enough. You don't think you're good enough. Right. Um, So I think it's really important that we start to normalize that art, creativity, healing, there's, there's cost to that, right? And so if, if you value it, paying for it in, in whatever way, not necessarily money, but paying for it in some way, because it's also that energy exchange. Absolutely. So really it's an energy yeah. exchange. It's a time exchange. You're giving somebody a chunk of your time. Our time is precious. And when you're spending, you know, one, two, three hours with somebody, you're using supplies that cost a fair bit of money. Uh, I think that uh, I think that getting compensation for that isn't a dirty, a dirty thing to want. I think it's it's perfectly acceptable to to want compensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, what creative healing modality do you use the most for yourself? Fluid mediums. So, I would say watercolor and alcohol ink. Occasionally, I'll combine them with pastes and gels, such as crackle pastes and um, fiber paste, things of that nature. But I would say that the fluid mediums and charcoal are the ones that draw me the most. That's interesting that you say that, you know, knowing that water is your healer um, and then the fluid mediums, it's just so fitting, right? We had a little discussion earlier about cremains. Yes. Yeah. So the ashes of someone and I was, so the charcoal immediately made me think of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, that's so fitting. That's so fitting. So then, then what are you the most proudest of in your life? Becoming an art teacher was probably one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, I always love teaching. I, I love teaching CPR and first aid because it's very meaningful for me. And being an art instructor is almost more profound because I'm enabling somebody, I'm giving somebody else the tools to be able to not only deal with their struggles, deal with their emotions, but I'm giving them the tools to be able to do that again and again. They can go home, they can explore it on their own time when there isn't somebody watching. They have that ability to explore their grief however they want. And that to me is incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I've sort of referenced this conversation we had before we started. And so maybe we should back up a little bit and share with people what we were talking about, the the grief work that you do with people. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, it was a it was a niche that I sort of started to fall into. Uh, well, again, because I've, I've personally dealt with so many, um, so many early tragic deaths probably over 20 now. And, uh, you know, I've had to, I've had to face death head on so many times. And I found that, you know, this put me into contact with many other people that had experienced deaths and some of them were incredibly fast and traumatic. And I found that 
many of these poor people were so isolated because we're not comfortable discussing death. And there's something about grieving where people will just flock to a grieving person in the first few days. And that's usually when the person is the most overwhelmed, most in shock and least able to process their emotions. But it's in the following weeks and months that they really need that support because they're starting to unravel and detangle all of those intense emotions. And that's when people are least comfortable coming over and saying, hey, talk about this with me. So I like helping people with that. I like helping them explore their grief, explore all of the feelings that they've been carrying in their body and using the water to unravel, detangle those emotions and maybe even let some of that grief go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I had stated also as someone who's lost a spouse and that grief that you go to, I've lost a mother and uh, numerous friends as well, but, um, you know, those closer ones tend to, to rock us a little differently. Um, mm -hmm. And that grief is just, you know, overwhelms you. So if you can actually step into the grief to do the healing work, uh, amazing uh, what can happen. Most of mm -hmm. us are afraid to do that. And our society is not really open to that for the most part, right? Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, let's go and, and actually feel those feelings. No, we're like, let's mm -hmm. pretend everything's okay. You know, people don't know what to say to you. And you don't know what to say to other people because you're just an emotional mess. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, if you can actually work through your grief. Oh, wow. That would be so healing. So then if you could change one aspect of our society through the work that you do, what would that be? If I could change one thing, it would be to mm -hmm. shift, shift our discomfort with death and shift our discomfort with having uncomfortable conversations because it's human nature to want to shy away from any sort of discomfort. And I don't think that that's healthy or productive. I mean, you know, I appreciated hearing you talking about the loss of your partner earlier and when you lose somebody that's really close to you, it's like having a table and one or two of those legs suddenly gets kicked out from under that table. There's nothing left to take its place. Mm -hmm. And so we have a society full of people that are walking around and they're carrying, they're carrying some form of hurt in every fiber of their body. And they have no way of putting those pieces back together. And I think if we were a little bit more open about having those discussions I think we would be a lot more supportive of each other. And I think we would be a lot more accepting of trauma and death. We wouldn't fight it as much as we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So I, I just feel almost silly asking this question now after that sort of deep, meaningful answer. Um, so, but talking about imposter syndrome and the work you do, you know, as a nurse and as a, uh, as a creative and a healer, do you struggle with imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you work through that? I think it's a very important question to ask. And I think it's something that everyone does struggle with at some point. I mean, nobody, even the greatest artists, the, the ones that I, I think are just phenomenal. It, it's taken some time to accept that, you know, even they didn't pick up a paintbrush one day and start creating masterpieces. We all go through those struggles. And I've definitely gone through periods where, I thought, you know, am I really entitled to teach other people? Am I really good enough to teach other people? Am I really just swirling inks around randomly? But what I've, what has helped me get over that imposter syndrome is when former students or even current students message me 
weeks, months, sometimes even years after and say, you know what, thank you. You, you really helped me through something. I'm still working with the inks. I didn't even know what they were before and I'm passionate about this and I use them every day. That tells me that what I'm doing is meaningful and it's important. And I'm not an imposter. I don't have to earn my place at the table. And I think if you're creative and you want to help other people and you have something to share, you're not an imposter. That's a valuable yeah. skill. And I think that the world is entitled to see what you have to share. See, so even people who are doing amazing things <laughs> are, all struggle with imposter syndrome. So mm. just for our listeners out there, we all struggle with it, just so you know, just so you know. Um, so do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? I do. Uh, the quote that I found the most meaningful was uh, when I lost a lot of weight back in uh, 2016. I was in a very dark place in my life. And um, the quote that I heard was, every day you have a chance to say to yourself, this is not how the story is going to end. And I love that quote. It's so profound. It's stuck with me every day of my life because it tells you no matter where you are in your life, no matter how dark a place you're in, every time that sun rises again, we have a chance to get up and say, I'm going to take my life in a different direction. If I'm not happy about something, I can move in a completely different way. I can change my life. I can create something that looks completely different. And I did. I lost 140 pounds that year. And it was one of my greatest achievements. Wow. Yeah. In this society, that is a huge achievement, right? Because they don't make it easy. <laughs> no, there's a, no. a thousand diets out there, but they don't make it easy with the way our lifestyles are configured and, and all of that. So yeah, very, uh, yeah, very impressive. Yeah. And so is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today that, you know, I'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I would like to encourage anyone if there's if there's anyone that's listening and, you know, has thought that maybe they have something that they want to share with the world. Maybe it's a skill or a passion and they've been afraid to. We have one life to live and it's so important that we live it to the absolute fullest. So grab a canvas, grab a piece of watercolor paper and, and just take a few minutes, put anything on that sheet. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It can be something that you never show anyone else again, but just try because you might find that you have something very valuable and you may decide that you want to share it with the world and you may end up making a huge difference in somebody else's life. Yeah. I love that because it's so true. You, you never know how you're inspiring other people, right? And sometimes you may never know, they may not ever tell you, but mm -hmm. how you show up in the world determines how other people react to you and how that you make them feel right so so important yeah well thank you so much for being here thank you and to our listeners we will see you again next week and in the meantime i wish for you amazingly creative days are you a daily journaler do you want more creativity in your day we have two great creativity journals to start your day with one for people who already have a journaling practice, and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.